0: Ooh, oh my God. Yeah, yeah. Ah, ah. Ever wanted to go to Europe? Maybe maybe you've been before. Maybe you've been to other continents such as Asia, Australia, South America, Africa. But what about Europe? With today's episode full of things that you should keep in mind as you are traveling or even before you travel, I'm going to give you tips on how to go about your trip to see a European country you might say where your qualifications double well I've been to Europe at least now I've lost track like seven times because I have family over in Greece I've also been to Germany Italy once Spain once now obviously I got a lot more traveling in me that I want to do but at the end of the day I think I know what I'm talking about here. And hopefully, if you've never been to Europe before, that you do want to go at some point. And if that's the case, I want to help you be prepared for it. Because there can be a lot of culture shock. But not even just that. You just want to know the little things that can really make or break your level of frustration while your trip is, is happening. Like, if you're only going for 10 days, I don't want you to be having this cloud over your head and I wanted you to be bad for most of it because maybe you forgot to to pack something or you forgot to to do something right like you're thinking about what am I going to do while I'm in Norway and you and you, and you forgot like that's where you have to write a list down so let's go through all, all of those it's a pretty hefty list I'm not I'm not gonna lie and I, I probably forgot a few things so make sure just to just think about how you go about your normal life and say, okay, how does this translate literally over in Europe? How, how do I adjust in this regard in Europe? So welcome back to High Voltage with Double A. I am your host, Double A. And the first thing that we have here, and hopefully you, you, you know this, is that make sure you have a passport plan with your provider. So we're... With AT&T, my family, we have to go to them before going to Europe, letting them know about yes we are going, when we're going, and what plan to set us up, because it would cost a whole lot of money if we if we did it. If, if they want us to buy a plan, and with this plan, it it basically like tells us okay you're allocate this amount of data. can't do this though you can't do that like they have restrictions when it comes to international whether you're in this country or if you're in other countries it's a little frustrating but you want to make sure you have that down pat because obviously you want to use your phone you want to continue using your phone in europe i mean when you have some downtime after you know getting off the plane or bus or a taxi whatever you you want your phone. You want to have a little bit of home with you, and being on the internet could definitely give you that. Because like it can be a little scary, and it can definitely be frustrating at times. So definitely make sure that everything is settled when it comes to your provider, and specifically a passport plan. But you want to talk to your provider about that. Now money, bring a lot of it. <laughs> you don't, I don't. It depends on how long you're you're staying. But at the same time, I wouldn't bring so much to the point where, like, if you lose some, it it, it could be trouble. Or maybe they steal some. could also be trouble. But however much money you bring, convert it before leaving. Why do I say that? Because they have a different currency in Europe. And I definitely know for a fact that even though I think you're going to get screwed over either way, like, if the... If one dollar... Is a euro 10, then they're probably gonna get you for like a euro six, you know, 1.06 for a dollar rather than what it actually is, which is a, a euro 10, whether you're at a bank or an airport. But I would rather do it with your bank because they give you, it's a little bit more favorable than at the airport, knowing that people are a little bit more desperate. The fact that they're probably gonna get on a flight. Or the fact that they just got there. They have no really other choice. So don't forget about that. Don't forget about converting your money. Because otherwise you're not going to have any of it. You might have a lot of US dollars. But that's not worth anything. At a restaurant that only takes euros. Get familiar with the currency. Like with twos. They have a $2, a $2 coin. A dollar coin. And they they have different kinds of, of coins. And... I think the bills are pretty similar, two hours, but just get familiar with the currency because again, money is a big deal here. Our phones are a big deal here. I'm going to bring up something else that's also a big deal in just one second. Get familiar with that because again, if you don't have a lot of money, that you you're not going to be able to do a lot. And obviously, you know, like you you want to buy some souvenirs, you want to try the food there, you you want to go to a taxi or you want to get on a bus. Just think one step ahead. Not even just the money aspect, but then converting it. And the time difference. That's another big thing. We take time for granted here, right? Because we are used to this this time. You know, we're on the Easter standard time. Like, we're not jet lag, So, like, we're used to this. But in Europe, at least it's going to be a six-hour difference. They are six hours ahead of us. So, if it is noon right now, that means it is 6 p.m. there. They are closer to midnight. They are farther away from uh, from us in time. We are much earlier in the day than we than they are. So how do you adjust to that? I suggest that after you land there, that stay away close. Maybe it's not a full twenty four hours to adjust to the time difference. And I typically had to do this a lot, like the the night of my flight. Let's say maybe I was awake for six, seven hours. The flight happens. I would still stay awake. So I would go bed at a normal time in the the US, but I'm doing it over there. That's huge. And quite honestly, maybe even deserves its own episode. You want to make sure in terms of your body that you're doing everything at an appropriate time as you would in the US and doing so in the country in which you currently are right now. Otherwise, you will be jet lagged. Like if you go to sleep at 2 p.m. in the afternoon, that's not normal for your body to to do. And then you wake up at midnight. That's also not normal for your body to do. And it should not be replicated. You need to go to bed and wake up at times in which you normally do in the U.S. And the biggest thing I've realized, not even just me for the people that I've traveled with, you want to stay up at least 24 hours. I've stayed up for 29. I've stayed up for 27. It can be done. Obviously, I don't suggest it. But in this case, when it comes to traveling, not only do I suggest it going there, but I also suggest it coming back. That flight home is not going to be great because obviously you're going to have a good time in Europe and you're, and you're not going to want to go home. But focus on the time difference in regards to your body and when you, when you usually do things, you got to do it. By staying awake as long as possible, and then you could go uh, go to sleep, and then you could start your day as if like yes, this is my, my new country. I'm you know I'm getting accustomed to it, and it really starts with the time. That's huge. And I brought a phone earlier. I forgot to, to. I could have combined this with that. They don't have the same outlets as we do. So if you could tell with the outlets, it's kind of like in rectangular form. It's like one on the left, one on the right. It is like that uh, for them too, but it's in circles. So you want to pack adapters. So if you have a three prong like outlet, let's say for your computer charger, they don't have that there. They don't have three prong anything. They only have these two circle outlets to plug this charger in. So you have to bring an adapter so that your computer can charge. your phone can charge otherwise it's just gonna die there and you can't take pictures and that would be really disastrous make sure to pack adapters maybe you could buy over there too with your euros that's fine I'm not sure what places we will have it exactly I, I mean I know that there might be some vendors out on the street I'm not sure if pharmacies do I don't know exactly when it comes to stores who really sells that I know tech places would but I'm not really sure like what's like the tech place there it's not like they have a best Buy you know it, it just be aware of that too. Like like franchises that you know here, they might have one of them over there. But for most, of them, they're going to have their own brands there. So you might be just do a little bit of research. Say like, okay, what what is this brand? Oh, they sell this. Okay, and then they okay they, they they advertise in that. Like they have different providers. Like it's made. They have photophone Movie Star. You know, they got a bunch of providers over there. And also speaking of packing. Please don't pack that many suitcases. I mean, you're allowed to pack one suitcase per traveler, but then if you pack more, you're going to get charged at least 100 bucks. So pack one suitcase per traveler. You can bring carry-ons as long as you have some place to put them on the plane. Backpacks are a great way to go, but you just got to make sure where is it at all times when you're bring your carry-ons. And also the weight limit. At most, 50 pounds Suitcase, anything over that, they're going to get you. So I'll make sure to be in that 45 pound range. And you're kind of asking for it once you touch 48, 49. Because they always add a few pounds just so they could get more money from you. And you probably know that too from your domestic travels if you haven't traveled to Europe yet. I know that there's a lot that you want to pack, like you don't want to leave stuff behind, but make sure that you pack enough, just enough. Bring backpacks, bring carry ons. You don't need to bring your whole closet with you next thing i have here is that okay once you get there right you land get on the plane you're in the airport you do need to get through customs you know just like as if you're an immigrant coming to america they're going to ask you questions you know just just give them your passport stay calm you know whatever and you do want to be mindful of any research that you do you know like entering a specific country what are they going through right i know back then when COVID was a big thing, like, do they have restrictions? Do you need to be vaccinated? You know, is this not a time where they want tourists? That kind of thing is still somewhat applicable. It's worth double checking. There's nothing wrong with that. But the customs that I'm going to talk about and their rules, you do really need to be mindful of. When you're going, Is there? are you going at a specific time where maybe they're celebrating something, right? So maybe everyone's fasting and they and they see you. Like, there's just, you don't want to stand out for the wrong reasons. You want to just be mindful uh, what their laws are, what their rules are, because every country's different. You know, some countries, as I explored a little bit when it came to superstitions, that some countries and some people and cultures, there's a lot of taboo. There's a lot of things that they, you know, that you do normally that they think is forbidden. So, you do really need to. Do your research. Ask around. Maybe when you get to your hotel or maybe the first person that you see, you know, like ask them questions about things that you need to know going into your trip so that it doesn't become a bad experience or that you you have a run-in with, with the law. So that's definitely a big thing to be aware of as well as their, you know, uh, not even just that, but traditions, customs, you know, like don't, again, like I said, Stand out like, let's say, you know, like you're wearing all this glamour, you're, you're whatever, and everybody's just. It could be a, even a fashion thing. Even as small, it's a fashion thing. Or maybe you can't wear a hat somewhere. Like you do, really need to just look around for a minute and realize, okay, they're doing this, they're doing this, you're doing that, and also you need to know, like, okay, this is definitely a tourist, but this is definitely a resident of this country. Make sure that you have that key sense of awareness. And knowing where you are in comparison to them. But something else that you need to be aware of too, when it comes to Europe. They go on military time. So what that means is that their clock is on a full 24 hours. We have the AM, PM. They do not. I mean, they know what it is. But they, they don't show it though. So let's say 1 PM here, let's just say, is 13.00 for them. 9 o'clock for them is also 9 o'clock for us 11 o'clock p.m. for us is 23 o'clock for them so they go on military time if you don't know what that is it's it's really simple and I actually even have it on my phone in case I go back to Europe it's an easy transition but it's, it's just something that they do and it's something that you don't feel overwhelmed by it's really simple as well as the the date the date actually goes backwards. So let's say it was March 5th, right? We would have it 03-05. They actually have it 05-03. The, the year is still the third thing you put on there. That, that's, that remains the same no matter what continent you're in. So they do that a little bit differently. So if you actually see 05-03, don't think of that as May 3rd. Actually think of it as March 5th. That is definitely something else that could trip you up a little bit. The metric system is really tricky because you have to go back to your high school days, right? When it comes to miles, kilometers, gallons, liters, meters, grams. Like, you have to, you have to calculate all that. Like, from what I remember, one kilometer is 0.62 miles. That's really vital because if you're driving, Let me tell you something, you don't want to get into any speeding trouble, so if it's actually 100 kilometers an hour, don't think of it as 100 miles per hour, okay, it's actually just 60, 62, so be aware of all that, be aware that it's definitely not the United States. Anything that you take for granted here, don't take it for granted over there because it could get you into a lot of trouble, confusion, and definitely could make your time more miserable than it should be. When it comes to tra- uh, traveling, like in within the country, in my opinion, walking's the way to go if it's less than two miles from point A to point B because you want to save a little bit of money. Like the taxis that in Spain, for example, they, they, they get you on uh before you even go anywhere, it's 250 euros and then it starts to get off like every kilometer or something like that point zero five or maybe it's like every five seconds or something like that. Still, for the most part, though, taxis are the way to go. Why do I say that? Because they don't really have Uber. I mean, in some countries, they probably do, maybe Lyft. But for the most part, it hasn't really hit Europe yet. They are a little bit behind of us in terms of that kind of aspect, in terms of a little bit of technological advances and you know, like things that are trending here. Not doesn't necessarily mean it's trending worldwide. So that taxis are still a big thing. Greece is, uh, Greece is too, and I think Germany is too. I may be wrong. I haven't been really in Germany for a few years now. Greece I haven't been in over a year. so you never know that one year can make a huge difference of what is going on. But for the most part, taxis ha, ha, are, are dead here. It's not over there. and you definitely want to take advantage of it when again you're going to, you don't want to walk everywhere it definitely hurts your feet. Take it easy and go with the taxi. When it comes to talking to people, definitely talk to them. Don't be afraid to talk to them. Okay, ask if they speak English first. You know, be patient. If they don't understand, or maybe they understand a little bit. If they don't, maybe just say, you know, just just apologize and walk away because, of of, of course, you know, not everybody speaks English. For the most part, you do want to try to get younger people because they start incorporating English as a a second language mandatory people for people in European countries like I would say 15 years ago maybe 20 years ago so if you get someone who's like 50 maybe 40 years old they might not understand because they didn't get taught that in school yet it was they were it was implemented after they their, they got past that certain grade that it starts so if you talk to someone that's younger around like maybe 20 25 years old at the like maybe 30 at the latest, the oldest, then you have a better chance that, you know, that they speak English and you can talk to them, have a better understanding of what the culture is, what the lifestyle is, you know, ask anything that you want, to just have a better feel of where you are and of the people that, that surround you, but ask if they speak English first, just be polite, and if they understand you a little bit and they speak a little bit English, just be patient, nothing wrong and you don't want to Have any tension and get frustrated when it's not their fault. You know, it's you're not in America. You're they're not expected to know English that well, but at least just a little bit, and maybe maybe they could get by. And you can whatever you're asking, possibly you could get the answer out of it. But don't expect too much unless you know. you you know for the fact that okay this person speaks English really well and they and that's the thing they want to be complimented like they don't they think they don't really speak English that well so if you get through a long conversation they speak you should definitely say like I, you speak good English because again it's not necessarily guaranteed that just because it's mandatory doesn't mean they do it well they they probably just do it just to pass. But then they just normally speak their language. And I feel bad that I'm in another person's country and they're not speaking their main language. So definitely just be a little bit considerate in that regard. When it comes to trying different things, please do it, do it as many times as possible. Because here's the thing. If you're in a different country, then why would you go back to a typical routine as if you're home? You know, like you, if you're in a different place... So don't do, do things that you typically would do at home. Try different foods, right? Try different activities. Try, uh, try seeing different things. Go here. Go there. See this person. Talk to many different people. Really tell yourself, I am not home. I'm in a different country. And you really want to set that from the get-go. And I think it really comes down to how open you are. Be more open-minded to anything. Right, have points of interest ready to go. So I would definitely tell you, again, and again, your trip is. This is a big, big part of your trip, of how much you do. I guess also you could even say how relaxed, intense you're not, because you do really. I think it. I think you will be anyway. Like the weather there is just amazing. Even the winter, it's not that cold. They barely get any snow, and what the coldest it would get is like 40 degrees out not even that windy so i think you're going to be relaxed and you're not going to be as tense anyway and that definitely plays a role because if it's a vacation it should feel like a vacation but again you you need to understand that if you're in a different place don't treat it like any other place it's a special place spain is a special place greece is a special place i'm not necessarily sure with with britain I, i i'm not Biggest fan of their accents, so I'm not gonna like you know give them a ring. endorsement. Portugal, probably Norway, maybe Switzerland, maybe, but at least it's not the United States. So definitely treat it differently, and that means do it with your actions. There's a whole lot to do, and you never know if you if you're ever gonna go back there or not. You know we only live once, and there's a whole lot of things to do. So treat it as if it, you're gonna be there one last time. And that, and that means, you know, going all out. Don't have any regrets. Do what you want to do. Don't have any restrictions. And go for it. And I think I think with that mentality, you're going to have a whole lot more fun and really experience and be efficient with, with the time that you're there. And I think that's just traveling in general, not just with Europe. With that being said, I feel like I'm forgetting something. Like there, There's definitely a whole lot more... I want to say that's definitely, you know, constant to Europe. I guess one thing I'll mention that I haven't uh, talked about yet is the fact that a lot of the countries in Europe are very much alike to each other, right? I almost see Europe as, okay, Europe, United States, the countries in Europe are like states to the United States. They're very much, like, I mean, states in the United States are very much like each other. You know, like, Oregon is like California. Washington's like California. Maine, Vermont, Connecticut, Rhode Island, Massachusetts, all a little bit like each other. But when it comes to Europe and the European countries, they're not similar to the U.S. at all. So definitely, again, just keep in mind that you're going to a different country. It's going to be much different. They do try to satisfy U.S. tourists. In this country of the U.S., we have, like, let's say a sign, you know, like, okay, if you go on I-95, you're going to head towards New York. Oh, you're, heading, you're going south, so that means, what? Well, you're going to, to Chester. In Europe, you have it in a few different languages. You have it in Spanish, or you, you're going to have it in English, the country language in which it's spoken in, and maybe another language, you know, to, to not uh, to a not only appease to American tourists, but also, of course, account for the people that are living in that country. And you also have, you know, people speak English because they know that they're going to get a lot of revenue from American tourists and tourists around the world. It seems like English is becoming a main language. But yes, they know that for the most part, most of the tourists come from the U.S. and and that's where a lot of the money is. So they do satisfy U.S. tourists, but it doesn't mean that they're going to be like The U.S. It's still like its own country, just trying to do a little bit to like say, yeah, we want a little bit of your money, you know. It's it's, especially with Greece and especially the Greek islands. I mean, some people say it's not even like Greece because they're trying to bring in a whole lot of revenue and then the tours. and And the waters are beautiful, and you know that part when it comes to Greece in general is not going to change. That's just the Mediterranean. And that's, that's another thing. The water is much more crystal-brew than you're ever going to see when it comes to whether it's lakes or rivers or if you're on the beach, it's not even going to be close. But I am getting a little bit off track. What was I going to say? Napping every day is a lifestyle there. It's called siesta. So they do it once during the middle of the day. Like, I think it's around like 2, 3 o'clock, especially during the summer might be at a different time in the winter. doesn't mean that you have to do it. But if you see like a shop is closed and it's like the middle of the day, that's probably why. they It has to do something with being more efficient, being more productive. It's like I think you need a nap like after lunch. So maybe like they do it at like around 1230, 1 o'clock, 2 maybe. But napping is still a huge part, not just in Spain, not just in Greece. In Europe. So definitely keep that in mind and possibly try it too. Maybe, you know, you can incorporate that to your workplace and you might see it being incorporated and be more productive with your and your coworkers' work. Uh, a lot of motorcycles, a lot of villages, rural areas, some parts of which are very much outdated. You know, like you could tell that they're not kept up with technology, probably because a lot of the people that live there are older, very much more traditional. In which there's nothing wrong with that, but that's just for you to let, uh, to let you know. Like, it seems more like the 20th century than it does today. Like, even villages we don't have any villages in the US. Obviously, we have farms and prairies, but I, w- I would say with villages and things of that nature, of that ilk, yeah, I'll call it outdated, but that's okay. Just maybe outdated for. Us and what we dealt with in this century over the past few years, everything's evolved into such a more advanced state for them, not so much. But that's okay, I think it might even be better that way, going down to the root as much as possible. But one thing you're going to see not even just when it comes to the sites and attractions, but in general, whether, whether it's houses or just buildings, or whatever, amazing architecture amazing castles even i think i saw a few in spain keep your eye out don't get blinded by the sun be open to a lot of things but specifically physically your eyes got to see the architecture it is one to behold let me tell you something it's so beautiful i don't even know how to describe it i'm not an architect i'm not someone of design take pictures of it take pictures of of you with where you're going to what you've seen you know, take pictures of everything. But the architecture, you want to tell your friends, like, dude, we don't see this. It's 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 old. The fact that what maybe it was made 18th century, 19th century, but it's still kept up really well, really well. And that's to their credit. They love history. They care about it. They take they they take really good care and they clean. They they they're way cleaner than we are. Now, don't get me wrong. There's sidewalks. The roads, depending on where you are, not great, which is kind of the same thing here, unfortunately. And I feel bad for those that are handicapped because it might be a little bit of a nightmare for them, especially when if they're on the sidewalk. But man, take pictures because there's a lot of sights to see. You got a lot of beautiful trees and gardens, even of this building, this area, especially in the rural areas. Oh my God! Just in case you forget, I made an episode about this. Take pictures. So you don't forget. And lastly, I mean, I would say that this it's much better, much preferred to visit someone in the country. Like if you have a friend that lives there, family, relatives, coworkers, associates, it's better to visit someone. So at least you know and are, can be familiar that you have a little bit of support while you're there. Instead of being all alone. Because I mean... I mean, it's just like any other situation. Like, you don't know exactly who to trust. Like, if you are, you know, like in in some trouble or confused where you don't want to be led astray and you want to, you know, like have a formal understanding and relationship with the person that, that you're talking to, definitely plan it out and definitely have it be like, okay, this person's here. Okay, this person's here, you know, and reach out to them. Even if you're not like the best of friends, even though you might not see each other for a while, reach out. Say, like, I'm interested, go into this country, you know, maybe we can have some coffee, whatever, and maybe just catch up and maybe you can help me or maybe, you know, be a tour guide. It's all possible and it's much easier with more people in that regard in terms of setting you up and getting you to feel like as if that you're not alone in a new country and totally be overwhelmed and have that ruin your experience. Because that's not right. And hopefully it doesn't happen. So hopefully I have helped you. And hopefully this prepares you for your travels. For your adventure. Let me know if you have any questions. I can maybe give it more advice. Maybe make it more personal. Maybe give you suggestions on where to go. Maybe if you have a specific... Like I'm looking for countries that are like this. Maybe I can help you out in that. Or almost be like a travel agent. That would be nice. But I've, I just figure why not you know this is all i know and there's probably even more i have even said yet but i hope that, that yeah, everybody's doing well and you keep traveling you keep exploring and you just keep wanting more cause there's so many places endless possibilities it can all be done I Don't let anyone tell you otherwise thank you love you take it easy everybody follow us on instagram facebook and twitter at high voltage with AA.